Hey pumpkins, it's Nick. The following episode of Copulators Die First contains spoilers about the film we are discussing this week. And if you haven't seen the film, go ahead and give it a watch. Don't worry, we'll be right here waiting for you when you're ready. Yeah, and as always, don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe on your favorite listening application. Now, on to this week's episode. A lot of our woes might be first world problems, but at the same time, it's like too many all at once. There are too many problems occurring so at any like, given time. Yeah. So so perhaps all of this new technology has progressed our um, our species forward. But have we also at the same time only just complicated our lives more through our own actions? Um, that was I very want- philosophical. I don't know. <laughs> I'm okay with it. That sounds like a fairly good assessment of our current situations as a whole. I know. Like, oh my goodness. I... <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Right. I'm excited for a vacation. Oh, I'm very excited. I'm excited for vacation. I need some time to not be in the office. I got you. I got you, boo. Are we recording? <laughs> I just noticed we were recording. <laughs> it's fine. That's what editing is for. No, I don't no, even mind. no. I feel like all of that should be kept in. That's that fine. Was... <laughs> it's great. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, welcome to this week's episode of Copulators Die First. We're going in raw. We're going. It's been a week, and I'm not editing any of it. Yeah. So um, what you get is what you get. Um, this week we're going. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Um, yeah, so so very br- briefly, I know at the, the end of the last episode, we talked about how this week we were doing virus with Jake from the Slashers podcast, but life happens. Um, Surprise, we're pushing... we fucking lied. We're not doing it this week. <laughs> yeah, no, we're just pushing it off for one week. It's fine. You'll get it next week. But um, we just needed to like have a little bit of extra time to sort out our lives. And therefore, this is what's happening. And you can just deal with it, people. All right? <laughs> I'm okay with it. I have no qualms about it. I'm all about the movie you picked this week. Yeah. That's the um, other thing. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Because it's like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with this conversation. But it's going to be good. I'm excited. Um, so, we normally, the format is usually, uh, we go through this movie point by point And kind of... Uh, like tear it apart but not really just kind of break it down but this movie actually has no real plot to it it's just kind of its own little clusterfuck yeah so we're not going to do that this week we're just this is just going to be us talking about this movie (coughs) with each other yeah and and, um this episode we promise is not going to be two hours no and you know i mean because i don't think the movie was even an hour and a half so what can we do with two hours I don't even recall what the runtime is, but give me one moment because, as always, we have live updates here at Copulators Die First. What was the running time? Is that one of the things that they have on IMDb? I do not know. An hour and 21 minutes. Oh, that's longer than I thought. I mean, it's still not super long. Um, but also, like, so much of it is the same thing over and over that you kind of lose track of what's happening. But regardless, um, what are we? 
what are we discussing this week? We're discussing 1999's The Blair Witch Project. So I was 10 years old when mm-hmm. I saw this movie. And um, when you told me you wanted to cover this, the thing I said to you was excellent. This movie ruined my fucking life. So yes. <laughs> I'm very excited to talk about the one movie, however cheesy and terrible it is, out of all the things that I've seen in my life. This is the one thing that has, like, scarred me forever. I mean, ultimately, though, is this movie only, you know, cheesy because in retrospect, this, like, is now a very overplayed formula. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think it was, like, maybe the first one. Yeah. So, honestly, the Blair Witch Project, one of the other reasons why I wanted to do it is because it it's an independent film, but it did kind of end up being quote the first of a couple different things this is the first movie that is you know deemed as quote going viral in any way um and of course in 1999 the term going viral meant a different thing it meant like everyone and their mom knew about it and now going viral can mean you have a popular meme on Instagram and Facebook. Like you going viral doesn't mean you're suddenly like thrust upon to the world stage anymore. Um, but that's what happened with this movie. And the other first that it is, is like the, the, it's not the first found footage movie, but it's certainly the movie that really spawned the modern, um, cavalcade onslaught onslaughts the better word here of found footage movies and of course there's some really good ones but then for every good one there's like a hundred bad ones yeah Um, but this was like really the first and i mean this movie didn't ruin my life but (laughs) i guess in a way it kind of did because it made me really motion sick when I saw it the first time. Oh, that's, yeah. I've heard a lot of people had that problem, too. Yeah. And I think a lot of people may have left, like, the theater because of it. Because it is, like, they're shooting it on, like, a handheld, like, camera. Which, even in 99 standards, those things are huge. Yes. And so, um, I went to go watch this movie I knew I had it on DVD, but because I'm a lazy millennial living in 2019, I thought to myself, if this is free on the streaming platform, I'm not even going to break out my DVD collection. Nine um, times out of ten, that is my my go-to. If, if I can't find it on streaming, chances are I do own it, and I'll just pop it in. But Right. But so, so this one... It, it was not on any streaming service that we have. It's it's on Showtime, but we don't have Showtime, so um, whatever. But what mm-hmm. what, there, what there is is um, a few good like semi documentaries and or interviews with the creators of this movie on Prime. Ooh. Um, so I watched that, and the reason I'm bringing this up is because they talked specifically about how they filmed it. So like. Basically, the three main people, the the girl and um, the two guys, so Heather and Mike and Josh, um, which are their real names. They didn't give them character names because everything was supposed to, like, it was supposed to be real. Um, they did, like, a one-day, like, 
video shooting crash course because there was the handheld cam and then there was also the I don't know that other fancy camera that they use <laughs> um yeah it was like the 35 or no it was 16 because she because Heather whenever something creepy happens Heather is just like this crazy person that's already lost her mind already from being in the woods and going in circles for days. She's like, I just need to see it on 16. And that's like, we've talked about that. That's kind of like um, her like self-soothing, like she's going to get out of the woods alive. That's at yeah. least how I took it for what, what, what it was. I mean, yeah, she definitely like, um, well, Mike and Josh both get pissed at her for always having the camera on. Yeah. But at one point, one point, I think it's Josh that pushes her to be like, why do you always have to have this on? And he's like, I think I get it. It's because if you can see the world through the camera, then you can kind of remove yourself from the reality of it, even if just for a minute, which for a movie in 1999 um i mean a lot of a lot about this movie is quote progressive in some way or another but i thought what how they delved into the mental breakdown of the characters was pretty cool um and um i wouldn't say progressive but unique for 1999 yes um so yeah uh, but yeah, so, so, so the three people actually filmed the majority of the movie themselves, which is pretty cool. Um, and they have all this footage, right? Um, but then they actually filmed all this other stuff because the original format of the movie, it was not supposed to be just like, this is the found footage of these three people. Here's what happened. Um, it was really supposed to be kind of like more of a procedural, like back and forth documentary type of movie, where there was parts of the found footage and then we jump back to like some type of historian or investigator like trying to figure out what happened or like this is the Blair Witch story and like things like that um but from the documentary that I watched like they screened this film for almost a full year before they finally realized like no we have to keep it just as the found footage part um and people were like loving the found footage and then they felt like when it jumped to another segment it was pulling them out of it and they didn't like that um so that's kind of how this ended up becoming strictly the found footage because the audiences were like really pushing the filmmakers to not change it from its original like raw format um and I feel like everything, like, yes, it was an independent film, but I feel like everything about this movie was, like, very much not tied down or constricted in any way creatively, which, again, for 1999, um, not that I work in the, the film world, the, mm. the industry of entertainment at all, but um, I ju it just feels like it, it was, like, one of those things that, it could have been a perfect storm and ended up shit, but it was one of those perfect storms that ended up like creating a gem. Um, not that I'm saying that the Blair Witch Project is a gem of a movie, um, but I respect it for what it is. And it is a fun little ditty to like watch some Chinese, I mean, 
eat some Chinese food with while you watch it or something like that. Oh, I was like, are you going somewhere weird with this? And you're like <clears throat> watching it with like Chinese subtitles to try and teach yourself like another language. Oh, no, no. I I brought that up because the, the, the day that I did watch this in preparation for today, I ordered Chinese food and it was delicious. I can't even remember the last time I had Chinese food. Oh, I had some General Chats chicken. I mean, that's um, my favorite. So it's so good. Um, oh my god my dog just farted oh my god thanks Luca Luca smells brought to you by Luca I can't can't. (laughs) that's his cologne smells by Luca (laughs) literally the eau de toilette of Luca (laughs) he smells like a toilet (laughs) he do he do Um, oh my sweet baby nephew Oh, he's a sweet widow baby. Um, oh, I, I love him. I can't wait to see him and give him all the pats. Well, I'm more excited to come and be the uncle that I'm supposed to be to all your animals very soon. Oh, my God. My fucking zoo of creatures. Yes, I'm excited. <sighs> Same. I'm excited. Um, Mama, Mama needs a day off. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I only okay. have one, and I don't know how you do it. Anyway, anyhow, um, so yes. Um, you know, typically we attempt to read these films for a little bit of filth. Um, but yeah, I just kind of, I want to explore, I want to know your opinions because I think more than anything else, the Blair Witch Project, like just spawns a lot of conversation because it's at the end of the day, a very simple premise. Um, but the way that we ended up at this movie was very complicated because a lot of work went into this movie. Um, and it shows like it, it genuinely yeah. shows that like they cared and they took the time yeah. to <clears throat> really turn this into a piece of art rather than, you know, just some shit you could find at like, you know, a thrift store in a back out, you know what I mean? Like in a box somewhere. Like, they really tried to make this into something that would terrify people and provoke thoughts. And, I mean, it's shot in, like, bumfuck Egypt, Maryland. It's right. Shot, it's shot on location. Yeah. And, like, hi, we grew up in the fucking garden state where <laughs> everybody thinks New Jersey is a giant trash heap. And, like, it's kind of a trash heap. But- yeah, but, the, like, the the vast majority of New Jersey, other than the shore points, is actually, like, quite lush marshland. Um, yeah, and forestry. I think it's, like, two-thirds of the state is forestry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. at least vegetation. And we definitely grew up in a part of the state that is quite green. Quite uh, lush. Quite lush, if you will. Um, and, like... I don't know the name of the woods near your house or like that part, like on the outskirts of Springfield slash Union, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, like I could picture the Blair Witch Project happening there, you know? Um, yeah. Or the Pine Barrens. No, thank oh my you. God. Well, no, thank you. I, uh, fun little story. Um, tell me, tell me all about it. Because... I'm, sure, I'm sure none of these gentlemen will be listening but if you are hello fellow springfield tonians um <laughs> springfield tonians here here yeah yeah um i guess it was in middle school and in middle school i was like kind of semi popular 
mainly <laughs> because I was on a traveling swim team with some of the cooler boys. Ooh. And we all carpooled. So you're like forced to be friends. And um, so one Halloween, I ended up trick-or-treating with like three of the quote cool boys. And, you know, <laughs> no surprise here. Not really my speed because I just wanted to have fun, get some candy, go back to someone's house, play video games, eat candy, you know? You know, boy stuff. Not that we're gender signing activities. But that's like a typical teenage boy thing. Sure. Right. And I think we were like, we were like maybe 11, 12. So I don't think puberty even happened yet. It was, it was in the throes. It was coming. Yes. And um, I remember we were at, we were in the, the, the area of Joe Fernagera's house. So again, if Joe Fernagera happens to be listening to this, which I don't think he will be because I think he may actually have become a priest. What? Um, I mean, I don't even, I probably don't even know who that is. And if I saw a picture of him, I would, I would know who he is. Exactly. It's, and that's, that's the way it is with every person in Springfield. It's like, you may not know them by name, but you see their face and you're like, oh yeah, that one. Um, Yeah. 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 So the one thing, the one great thing about sleeping over Joe Fernagher's house, though, was that his mom would make like giant pancakes in the morning, like the size of a plate. Um, But they were so freaking buttery because she would like literally for each pancake, put like a half a stick of butter in the pan and then pour the batter on top. And it was delicious, but it did nothing for my prepubescent waistline. Um, (laughs) I mean... Still, I enjoy my food and my butter today. Um, so what no else? lessons learned. No lessons. That I yeah, I was like, what is the point here? That was the point. No lessons learned. Um, so so anyway, we were trick-or-treating. I wanted to go back to the house. They were like, no, let's keep going. And I pulled what may have been my first diva moment, but it stemmed from me being genuinely scared. So here yeah. is what happened. So picture this. We are four tiny boys walking around the dark streets of Springfield because nothing was ever really well lit in Springfield. Still not. Still not. Definitely not. But like right on the outskirts of that that forest line by your house. Because he yes. lives around you. Well, they probably don't live there anymore. But like within a few blocks of your family's house is where they lived. Okay. Um, and one of the other boys, I believe it may have been Adam Hurst, I think is his last name. Okay. Um, and in me not remembering this person's last name, that's not me trying to be a bitch, but like, also you mean nothing to me in my life right now. And I don't <laughs> think I mean anything to you in your life. So sorry, not sorry. I mean, it's probably been like almost 15 years since you've actually talked to these people. Oh, Absolutely. And then the the other boy, just to set the scene, like picture this, Sicily, 1923, whatever. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> it was Joe Polito. And I believe you remember oh, Joe Polito. I do. Oh, yes. Um, so so that was the ragtag gay, uh, gang that I was hanging out with. But um, I think it was Adam started joking about the Jersey Devil and mm-hmm. like how it, it lives in the woods and it's going to get us and da 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 now, me being a child did not realize that we did not live near the Pine Barrens. 
Um, but I saw trees, I saw forests, and in my mind, the the Jersey Devil was out there. So I was like, bitches, I'm not dying tonight. I have a pillowcase full of, like, baby butterfingers. <laughs> and I, my only plan right now is to ingest them all and feel gross tomorrow. Like, that's all I want to do. That's my nickname, Baby Butterfinger. Baby Butterfinger. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good <laughs> name. Um, I miss the Bart Simpson Butterfinger commercials. Yeah, that was a great campaign. I wonder what happened with that. Like, I don't know, because I just saw that. one recently, and it wasn't a, a Bart Simpson one, and I got a little upset. I still eat a Butterfinger from time to time. <sighs> they hurt my teeth, but I love them anyway. Yeah, they're really good. Um, I mean... They're like, you know, they're doing this thing. They're making this mini documentary, right? Right. And they're like, they're interviewing... The the people in this film themselves are incredibly dated. The one lady who they're interviewing, she's got like a little baby and the baby starts crying. Literally oh, looks like my mom in 1999. Like they have oh, the same yeah. hairstyle. But like, because like, that, uh, that specific lady, when they're interviewing her, I kept thinking to myself about how... Like, these are all hired actors. Um, and to come off as, like, being interviewed and being, like, a local without looking like you're acting at all. She's perfect. Um, yeah, like, that's that, that garners, like, some mad respect. Like, the, they, they hired um, some good actors and actresses here. Um so and and again in that documentary they talk about how like they went they they went in like they went ham like they they really they they waited to find the people they felt like were right for all these parts um and so they did and um it showed it worked it, yeah i think it worked really well especially the chemistry between Josh Mike and Heather oh my god well the chemistry and or lack thereof as we go along but i mean Anyway, we got off on a fat kid tangent. Like, it's okay. We were reminiscing about why Butterfingers are still good and not- how New Jersey is basically oh. like a giant forest. So we didn't go right. too far off topic. But I didn't finish I didn't finish my Diva Moment story on Halloween. That's where this started, right? So Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so so they're like teasing me like um the Jersey Devil's gonna get you, the Jersey Devil's gonna get you. And like a part of me was like, no, but also part of me was like, I don't know. Like, is it <laughs> true? So I threw myself onto the ground in the middle of a street and I started crying and I was like, we need to go home now. I am not trick or treating anymore. And they listened. <laughs> so we went back to Joe Frenigare's house and we sat in a circle and we traded candy um, and I do apologize to those gentlemen if I semi-ruined their Halloween in whenever 1990-something, but at the same time, I need to thank them, because I do feel like they may have awakened my inner diva in those moments, um, because ultimately, that's a tactic I still use today, um, to get things sometimes, especially from my husband, um, <laughs> So yeah, You're grown ass man having a temper tantrum. It's fine. It's fine. I'm a diva. Um, I I own up to that. Um, but so so yeah. Um, 
again, going back to where we grew up, like this was a movie that I do feel like we had some of a somewhat of a connection to already because we felt like it could have happened in our backyard. Um, and there was like three people lost in the woods behind our houses and we didn't know. Um, but, uh, excuse me, I was taking a sip of water. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, and so the other thing is going back to like, this could happen anywhere. Um, the aggressive marketing strategy of this movie was that this was real, that like this was real found footage. They really found it. These were three people that are really missing. Um, and people, because it was 1999 and the internet was not what it is now, um, they believed it. And they, they, they grew such a hype for this movie that a lot of people went into it thinking, I'm seeing real found footage of missing individuals. Um, and so like that really worked very well for them. And that also ties into the whole this being the first quote, um, viral movie because everybody heard about it, everybody knew about it because it was like, oh my god, this is that movie where like it's real found footage, blah 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 blah. Um, and there was somebody on the team for this movie that like their sole job was basically to create the lore of the Blair Witch. Like they made documents to make you believe that Blair was a real town in Maryland and that there was a real woman who was known as the Blair witch. And she, uh, in the oldie timey days was called a witch. And during the Blair witch trials, blah, 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 blah. She was cast out of the town. She was assumed to die of exposure in the woods. And then, you know, she still lives out there as a, spirit slash i don't know demonic presence or something but every what is it 50 years or 70 years um some, some there starts to be disappearances um and it's the blair witch getting revenge um and so like they they really they did the footwork like they they did the thing so like for that mad respect um, but like watching this movie again, one of my biggest aggravations is like, what is the payoff? Like, and obviously this being found footage, like no one promised us a payoff to this movie, right. but like the Blair Witch is so hyped up. Like, oh my God, the Blair Witch, where is she? Like, who is she? Kaka da ka ka ka, like all the things. Yes, baby. Yes. Baby. Um, but then like we never see the Blair Witch. And no, not even one time. And right. Exactly. I have seen the second one. Which I haven't. Okay, but continue. Um, and I have seen the new one. That I did see. Okay. I mean, we're not gonna compare apples to oranges. No, but, we're definitely not. Um, I actually didn't hate the new one. I mean, I didn't hate the new one. Like, I didn't hate this one, though. Like, it's like, it's fine. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, But, like, so for this original one, I could have sworn there was at least a glimpse of, like, another person in the basement before the camp. <gasps> I thought we and were going to talk about the basement. <laughs> like, right. 
Okay, but we'll we'll get there. We'll we'll we'll, we'll build up slowly, but like, and not. I I don't mean like, um, Heather going down to the basement and seeing Mike in the corner. I mean like I could have. Oh! Sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's just a thing that I'm almost thirty, and I've been afraid of it for the last twenty years. Um, I think well, I, I think this movie. Okay, full disclaimer. Um, not many things scared me. I was not one of those kids that it was like, oh, there's something under my bed, and there's something in the closet. No, 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 no. I um that whole end scene of you know Mike being in the corner and. It just ruined my life. It made me afraid of basements forever. I have to do my laundry in my basement. The lights in my basement don't work great. Hello, landlord that lives next door. Maybe fix it. Like, I've asked you to 40 times. But whatever. Um, That whole scene, and I think it's because it was shot in that eerie, grainy, like, gray, sepia-tone-esque color scheme. Mm-hmm. Did me no favors. I get it. I do. And like <laughs> basements are inherently <sighs> scary, especially because it was a stone basement in it that was. movie. Yeah. Um. Guess, and, guess that, what? and that also yeah. plays to my Jersey Devil thing uh-huh. because if whoever knows the legend of the Jersey Devil, um, a plus, then I won't have to go into super depth. But uh, supposedly. In the Pine Barrens of New Jersey, which is about, what, would you say, like, two hours south from where we grew up? About two hours? Yeah, it's definitely south from us. Yes, Um, I would say it's about two hours. It's closer to Atlantic City. And everything. Hello? Hello? I hear you. Do you hear me? I hear you now. (laughs) Oh, that's weird. See, we're talking about the Jersey Devil, and now it's upset. Let's not talk about that anymore. All right, maybe that's (laughs) what happened. It wasn't anything Mm -hmm. else. Wasn't technical um, difficulty. Um, so yeah, uh, Pine Barrens, Jersey Devil, the house that it grew up in, or at least was spawned in, was a stone house in the middle of the woods because it was the 1600s, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's why this scared me so much because it's in like a stone basement in the middle of fucking woods in Maryland. Mm-hmm. I got it. Mm. <sighs> but I like, mean- yeah, I I would have to agree that I would like to rewatch it again and maybe be able to toggle through the last couple minutes to try and catch that. But I'm sure that's a thing that I've seen. Well, right. So that's the thing. Like I, I, I thought I recalled you seeing like a glimpse of like a third pair of feet or something. Maybe when the camera falls, you know what right. I mean? I don't know. But so either I missed it completely because I was shoveling Chinese food into my mouth. Um, or I just remembered wrong. But either way, like, even still, like, Heather is screaming her bloody fucking head off. Oh, throughout the whole movie. She does a whole lot of gross yelling. Yeah, but then out of nowhere, she just drops the camera. And I'm like, so then what was that? Was it, like, the Blair Witch, like, putting a spell on her? Um, Like, why is she dropping it so abruptly? Uh, What happened? Like, because I feel like if there was some type of scuffle or kerfuffle or whatever... Like, you should have seen, like, maybe she got hit and so the camera fell, but then you would have seen her fall as well. Right. Um, but it was just kind of like, camera falls after seeing Mike in the corner, and we're done here. Um, so, yeah, that's that's just my constant frustration with this movie. And 
I mean, there's there's plenty of horror movies that never show you the monster or the villain or whatever you want to call it. And it's totally fine. It works very well. It's uh, it's very effective. Um, I'm a human thesaurus, apparently. Yes, way to go. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I feel like this doesn't do it for me, even from that aspect. And that's where my frustration lies. But I still don't hate this movie. Because, no. you know, the journey before the last moments that these individuals go on, um, it, it's definitely interesting to see them, like, completely fall, like, headfirst into madness. Um, and, like, the one, my, my, my one other thing that I kept questioning was, like, how long have they been out here for? Because there's, like, really no sense of time after a while. Yeah, because I um, think it was supposed to be, like, just overnight or, like, a short weekend. Because Josh says something about, like, they're getting towards the end of it, of them being lost. Uh-huh. And Josh is, like, you know... If I'm not home by the end of tomorrow, like, my girlfriend will find, like, she'll be worried. She'll know that's not real. You know what I mean? And he's like, I have to go to work. I'm supposed to be at work tomorrow. Like, we have to get this camera back to the rental place. So it's it's been, like, multiple, multiple days. Right. And, like, it starts out as the weekend. Like, they're supposed to leave after the two days. And then they don't. Um but then it's like, how lo- how much longer have they been in the woods for? Like, is it a couple more? Like, it feels like it's probably not just a couple more days. Like, it's probably longer than that. Um, but it also feels like maybe we're not supposed to know how much time it is. And that's a part of the effect. And if it wasn't, then it ended up being that. And, like, good on the filmmakers again. Um, but, like, yeah. So, so working backwards here. My my biggest frustration with this movie has always been the fact that, like, you never really actually see the Blair Witch or, like, even really get a good grasp on, like, what the Blair Witch does. Like, we know that the... Like, because, like, okay, so... We see Mike in the corner and, like, Josh has gone missing and Heather opens up that, like, parcel with pieces of fabric that's probably from josh's shirt and stuff like that one morning when she gets out of the tent when it's just mike and her because josh has gone missing um and she like opens up the thing in the middle and there's like hair and blood and teeth and stuff and assumingly that's josh's yeah that's what you're led to believe i think and i think it wasn't it like they tore his like pocket of his shirt off or something they did something uh, yeah, I, but, like, they never really give you a super-duper great view of what's even, like, in the fabric, but it's bloody and it looks like teeth, but, like, who knows if it was actually teeth. It could have been something else, but, like, obviously Heather, like, totally spazzes out and has, like, a Lady Macbeth moment where she's, like, out, out, damn, stain. That's Yeah. Not- she says something along those lines. Um, but, you know, she's like, ah, I gotta get this off me, I gotta go in the water, I gotta, like, wash my hands, and then... Um, and she never really tells Mike about it. But, uh, like, at the end of the day, I'm just like, what What does the Blair Witch do? Because one of the people they interview before they go into the woods talks about how a guy killed those seven children 
the last time that a round of disappearances happened and they found all the bodies and the guy was like, I'm done now. And that's like, they went, that's what prompted them to go to his house and they found all the bodies. And they talked about how he had to ask one of the children to stand in the corner facing the wall because he didn't want them to be looking at him when he killed the first kid before he killed the second kid. But like that assumingly was the spirit of the Blair Witch possessing the man that did it. That's that's really far-fetched on their part. Like they were trying to put too many eggs into that basket. But so yeah, so like maybe I'm just looking too far into it, but then we're talking about these three individuals in the wood being assumingly harassed by a malevolent Blah, blah. Use your words, Nicholas. Malevolent spirit. Yeah, malabla spirit. Yeah, malabla spirit. <laughs> um, and like, so is the spirit acting of its own accord now? Um, does the Blair Witch have a physical form now? Like, there was, like, there wasn't, there was, there wasn't enough of the dots connected. And I've never seen the second one, so like, maybe more of the dots are connected and. No, it's less. Okay. All right. It, so there you go. Um, um, so quick, quick thing. I just Googled this. It got an 87 on Rotten Tomatoes. Not mad. No. Right. It has it has like 81% on IMDb for like the viewers. Um, like, yeah, like this was a very well received movie. It made a shit ton of money. Obviously, it spawned um, sequels because it made a lot of money and they were like hey let's try make some more money and ba ba da also um they only had a budget of 60 grand so they did pretty well oh yeah yeah exactly like for a budget of 60 grand like they really pulled this thing together and it's fantastic for what they spent on it like it really is a good movie um just me being such a cerebral person, I have a lot of holes that I poke in it that I'm not okay with at the end of the day. Like, give me a little bit more. And, right. like, is that just an effect of us living in this world where movies in a lot of uh, cases have come to a point where we're, we are expecting there to be some level of backstory at least um when in reality like no one promised us backstory and like maybe that's just the way it is and the reason this movie specifically frustrates me so much is because like it's so raw that there's like nothing at all um i don't know i just feel like for me this movie would have been a little bit more effective if i just at least had a little bit of a better grasp on who the Blair Witch is, um, why she's such a bitch, um, what can she actually do? Like what, like what is within her power to do? Like can she um, have a physical form? Does she have to possess someone to be able to do? And like, and then if that is the case, who did she possess this time? Did she possess Josh? I don't what? know. Like, it just uh, leaves so many questions. Well, have you, slash, did you know that there is actually a video game? Mm-mm. 
Yep. Um, in 2000, Gathering of Developers released a trilogy of computer games based on the film, which uh-huh. greatly expanded on the myths first suggested in the film. Um, bah, 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 bah. I don't know if it did well. The first volume, Rustin Parr, received the most praise, um, ranging from moderate to positive, with critics condemning the storyline, graphics, and atmosphere, with reviews even claimed that the game was scarier than the film. Which doesn't surprise me because video games are often scarier than movies. Because, um, hi, we've played a lot of them together. Oh my god, yeah. And that goes back to the cerebral thing, like how the PS4 now has like a VR situation. Yeah. I will never put that on my face. No, no, I don't. I yeah, I don't fuck with that bullshit. Like, no, I don't want to play a scary game with my face pressed to the screen basically right no no because like i i feel like a video game in general already makes you feel like you're in the driver's seat enough that the stakes are already higher i don't need to feel like this is actually happening to me you know right like i don't i don't need to shit my pants Mm, because of some because of you know like some binary code like that doesn't seem worth it to me Right, so, I don't, I don't want any zero ones doing me a jump scare. I don't need it. I, I don't want a zero or a one making me do <laughs> a number two. I don't want it. No, thank you. Pass, hard pass. Power hard pass. So, um, and that's so, so like Heather's got like, she's got a bag of teeth, really. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Heather's yeah. got a bag of teeth. <laughs> so like, leading up to the situation. They're, like, wandering through the woods. Also, they have, like, no food. Right. So that could also be leading to the hysteria. And, yeah. I mean, certainly the hysteria builds very quickly, but it doesn't seem inorganic. Um, But, yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't tell Mike about the bag of teeth. And she just, you know, keeps it to herself. Um, But, like, essentially, the main meat of this movie is you know there's there's the top piece of bread which is basically the beginning of the movie the introductions to the characters through them like testing out the camera on each other um you know heather and josh go to film school together mike knows josh i guess they're friends whatever and mike's just looking for work and josh was like do you want to be our cameraman and he's like yes i will come along cool um and that's how these three individuals meet and they like go to a diner they talk about what they're going to be doing they start just like asking the locals around once they get to blair in maryland um you know what do they know about this and and of course like in any true small town even though blair is not a real one if there's some type of small town legend everyone and their mom's going to know about it um so that's what happens. And really, I feel like the the end of that first piece of bread on the top of the sandwich is when they go and they interview that, like, local hermit. Um, what's her name? Mary, Mary something? Mary Blair Witch. I don't know. <laughs> no. Mary Brown. Mary Brown oh, is her name. Yep. like elderly woman and she's like oh yeah like i've seen the witch before and like 
I do like her account of the witch is like so out of left field because she's like I was fishing with my father when I was a child and like looking at her now she's clearly in her like 50s or 60s or like maybe younger because she hasn't done anything for her health but like she's an older lady now um and she's like you know supposed to be the local kook and she's like when I was a kid I went fishing with my father and I was like lying in the grass by the stream and I look up And there's this woman in this giant coat and her arms are covered in hair. And then she opened up her coat, essentially saying like the Blair Witch flashed me and (laughs) her whole, her whole body was covered in hair. So like, that's weird. (laughs) So she's basically describing the Blair Witch as this like goat lady kind of, Sure, Um, but like then everybody else is describing the Blair Witch as this like very, uh, uh, you know, malevolent person and or ghost and or spirit that is very vengeful. Um, and like, maybe they're just trying to create confusion, whatever. And like, everybody has their own accounts of things. And like, clearly you're supposed to be writing this woman off as like the local crazy person and whatever. Um, but then like, after that, they're like, okay, we're done for the day. Um, let's go to the motel and um stupidly even though we're gonna be in the woods for the next two days with limited water supplies like fresh water supplies and things like that let's dehydrate ourselves by drinking all the alcohol smart totally totally the best option right like let's not go to bed at a reasonable hour and get a good night's sleep because we may not sleep well in the woods at all this weekend or whatever like let's just drink um so like (laughs) honestly teenagers or like young adults like whatever roll my eyes at you um I was you once I suppose but I never put myself in a situation where I might be creating my own horror movie like that was always something on my mind like Um, the one thing that like bothers me about them as characters is um Maybe they're supposed to be, like, young 20-year-olds, but, like, they don't ever explicitly say their age, and I always felt like they were older than they ought to be. Um, yeah, I mean, by the looks of them, they all seem like they're probably at least in their mid-20s. That's what I'm saying, like, closer to 30. Yeah, definitely. Um... That's just a minor detail, I don't know, but, like, you would think, okay, so one, they're old enough to drink, but, um... True, so they're at least 21. Um, but, like, you would think that they would be smarter than the choices that are leading them to where they're going. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the situation where Heather is looking for the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, and the whole time, Mike is freaking out at her, and he's yelling at her, and he's, like, using his overly masculine voice to dominate the conversation, because he thinks that's the right thing to do. Um, But in the end, he's the one that lost the map. He purposely got rid of the map. So, here's my thing about that. Is that really what happened? Right? Right. And, like, Probably, yeah. But, like, da fuck. Why are yeah. you fucking stupid bro stuff? Like, literally, it was the douchiest bro move. And he was just like making a big deal about it. And he was like, 
well, it was useless and we didn't need it. And she was like, well, I knew how to read it. Like, it wasn't useless to me. Right. That's him basically being a frat boy and being like, well, sorry, I don't know how to do it. So Mm. I'm a frat boy. I don't know how to respect people or people's possessions. Everything is mine. I own everything. I including all of that own women because I am a man, Um, you know, ooh, ooh, ah, ah. Um, jungle <laughs> monkey whatever um, oh I, th- I thought you were singing me disturbed <laughs> oh, oh no no definitely not <laughs> oh that's... No, that's not disturbed I'm sorry it's drowning pool at the bodies of the floor I was waiting for it <laughs> oh that was okay. good good, I, good I, impersonation I could see that though I see where you're coming from with that. <laughs> that's like one of the only like non-pop songs that I actually know so yeah yeah woo hoo ha 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 um right so yeah, basically they go in the woods and like the other, the kind of funny thing is like Heather has her like reporter voice that she puts on when they're recording. She's like, here at this very spot were five bodies all positioned in a star formation with their entails on the outside. When someone went to go get someone, they came back and the bodies were gone. And it's like very much like stereotypical reporter voice. Right, it's very like, uh, like Jenny Jones from the '90s. Like, very. I need to tell you something very factual. It is like, not at all factual. You remember, remember the uh, the Asian reporter from Daria? Oh my God, yes. That's what I kept thinking of. I forget her name though. Oh, I don't know. It's I been wanna, a long time. I want to say Connie Chung, but I think that's a real person. Yep, that's Maury Povich's wife. Okay, so it's not funny, <laughs> um, but like it was very much that, and I was like, okay, so this is fun. Um, and then like she's trying to be one of the bros, but like she's clearly not, and like I don't know, like I want to respect Heather, but she is also like biting off more than she can chew, and she has to realize that's never a good thing to do. Um. But, like, and the thing is, like, you're not supposed to really know who's fully at fault here. But, like, at the beginning, you're like, oh, well, Heather didn't know where they were going to begin with. It's Heather's fault. But is that just Mike putting words in her mouth? And she really did know where they were going. And Mike's just, like, an insane psycho. Um, and then, like, right. So so the whole, like, the being in the woods, um, th- this is really where everything kind of mashes together and just like every day, every night, something worse happens. It's just an escalation, an escalation of tomfoolery and fuckery. Right. So um, there's like, so, so they, they find that grave site with like the seven piles of rocks and Mike eventually doesn't he eventually like fess up to having kicked one on purpose or something like that? Or was it Josh? The map he could, uh, Mike said he kicked the map on purpose into the river. Well, into the thought, stream. Well, right. But I thought one of them said that they, they purposefully kicked one of the grave stones. Um, maybe that didn't happen. Maybe I'm getting those two things mixed up, but like, so yeah, Mike is just like constantly, not showing the respect to things that he should because again as i've said before i will say again if there's something you don't completely understand just don't fucks with it like don't be a dude bro don't be a dick right so right mike is the dick 
and he mm. continues to be the dick the whole time and the whole time yeah. there's no redemption for him whatsoever no. like i don't feel bad i don't feel bad um and i don't feel bad that you were eaten by the blair witch or or whatever happened right like mm-hmm. we don't know but something something happened and um so like the first night they wake up they just hear like giggling or something right like, what's going on you know get the camera um i'm going to put on my my re- re- reporter voice like come on get the camera come on um and then like it stops and they're like okay whatever and then the next day the uh map goes missing and then we find out that it wasn't actually anybody fucking with them it was mike um but then like Josh's stuff gets like all fucked with, and then there's like slime on it. Yeah, and they never say what the slime is because it's like, ew, there's slime on here. Like, what is this? Right. And like, so is that the Blair Witch slime? Like, I don't is- know. Also, right? they never, when they have those little stick people, uh huh. They never actually explain what those are. And like so, and like that's certainly the iconic thing here. Certainly, it's probably like supposed to be the mark of the Blair Witch. Like that's what she and leaves behind. Yeah, does. yeah, and like or or they leave you little presents of twigs, and you open it up, and there's like human parts in there. You know, like po- pocket full of teeth. Pocket full of teeth. Oh, thank you very much, Blair Witch. <laughs> um, Th- thanks, lady. Thank you so much. But yeah, like there's I. The way I saw it is that it could have been representative of her taking them, but there were way too many stick people. Like, if they had just stuck with three instead of however many that were there, I feel like it would have been much more visually effective. Yeah. and Like, like one so, for each person. Well, remember, so then there was that one night where there was the three, like, stone pile graves and heather's like this isn't a coincidence i'm being a crazy i'm being a crazy woman and that's the other thing like i feel like heather purposefully gets hyped up um and it becomes like a tactic of the movie to be like you know for 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 a very brief moment it's like heather's the crazy raving lunatic woman and that um, happens a lot, and it plays on the worse. women in horror that are just, like, hysterical. And it kind of just, like, um, Ellen Burstyn in The Exorcist, just, like, a raving mm-hmm. lunatic that can't get her shit together. And it's like, no, 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 Heather is literally being driven to madness by, one, an external force, and two, Mike just being a piece of shit that won't, like... Yeah. Like won't literally. own up to his own shit, and he blames everything else on everybody else. He's just like Mike is just a shit bag of organs, basically, and like yeah. you know he's carrying the camera, so like you know muscle or whatever. But um, like beyond that, like he's not a very nice person. Um, once you know, like once the true colors come about, like he's not a great person. Um, at least Josh was like you know, thinking about life beyond right now. Like, Mike was very much like, I don't have a mind. I'm just, like, a creature, and I like fucking with people, and whatever. Um, But, right. So, like, everything escalates, and, like, the map goes missing. Then there's the little uh, things that happen at night. And then 
they're walking in circles, they're walking in circles, they're all going crazy. They find that giant field full of all the stick people and Heather is like taking way too much footage of it and they're like, we gotta go. Um, and then they slowly start to realize like as all of this is going on, like night after night, they end up camping like at the same place every single night because they're like literally going in circles and they're like, how is this possible? Um, and at first they think people are fucking with them and putting all the stuff outside the tent and making all these noises. And then it's like, is it people? Like, is it locals that want them out of here? Or is it the Blair Witch? We don't know. But like, what does the Blair Witch do? We still don't know. And that's very aggravating to me, as I've already made clear. Yeah. Um, and then like, ultimately we come upon the night where Josh has gone missing for at least 24 hours now. People don't, they don't know where he is. People being Heather and Mike, because there's really nobody else in this movie after that. Um, and then instead of like giggling and stuff outside the tent, they hear Josh being like, help, like help me. And he's like screaming and he's like saying help, you know, this way and da, 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 da. And then, like, we have to believe that there was some type of force leading them to that house, right? Because, like, how did they happen upon it themselves if they've been going in circles for days? Right. Um, and then, like, the other thing I really recall about this movie is, like, it's a whole bunch of, like, the middle being the middle and, like, they're in the woods and things are happening. And then it's like, ah, uh, we found the house and now the movie's overdone. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I just had um, a thought that I need to run by you as oh. far as these three characters. Do you think they're unintentionally representative of um, Freud's uh, psyche model of being the id, the ego, and the superego? Because oh. Mike is Mike is very much the id personality. He's very impulsive. Definitely. Um, yeah. Josh is very much like the ego. He's very much trying to keep Mike in check to the best of his of his ability and kind of mm, wrangle him a little bit and keep him focused. Yeah. And, and then that's... Heather is just trying to be the voice of reason over all of them. Right. Um, wow. And kind of try and rationalize right. What, right. what is going on. And, and like, she's at... trying to come at it with a less of a peacekeeping approach that is Josh and she's trying to keep everybody focused at the task at hand so that way they could get out a lot. That is her main focus. I mean, it's yeah. really not, but. Well, no, but like ultimately it is because she's like, we're in this shit situation. We have to help each other out of it. Right. Right. Um, and Josh is always like, why, 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 why is this happening? Ah, uh, like we got to stay copacetic, whatever. Right. Um, and Mike is just a raving madman that's kicking shit into the river and screaming and maniacally laughing and making this woman terrified. Right. Um, <clears throat> I mean, here's the thing. That's like a really fantastic theory for this movie. And I, I'm sure it doesn't have any. It's it, it might not hold any no, water, but that's just no, where my brain went. No, like I I I think you are bringing up a really good point. Um, and as much work went into this movie, I wouldn't be surprised if like that was something they had actually thought about. Um, and that could be why their chemistry works so well together. 
Right. I, I don't believe that there was much script to this movie, though. I think a lot of it was just like them reacting in the moment, improving. Um, and like, I, I do know that there were several different endings. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes, there. I think are three different endings. Well, I want to see all of them. I do too. If I could find them, I will send them to you, and you could always maybe post a screen grab mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on on our Insta, and on maybe Insta with a maybe with a link if it'll let you, or at least tell you where to find it. Um. Yeah. So no, I really like that theory a lot. Um, I think it holds a lot of water here. Um, and I mean, ultimately what this movie does really well is it plays into like the survival instinct of us all. Like, would I be okay in this situation that these people are in? Yes. Um, and, uh, obviously these people (laughs) are not okay. Um, no at all. Um, ever like ever. Um, so, yeah, no, I really like that theory a lot. I don't think there's, like, any more to say about it. I think it's just kind of like a mic drop moment because it's really good. So, kudos. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I enjoy mean, it. I've seen this movie enough times this year. The Living Piss Out of Me a hundred times. Mm. Um, I just sent you the Google thing that I found of all the compiled uh, alternate endings. I think there's, like, five or six. Oh, well, I guess I know they're, what I'm later. Yeah, they're about mm-hmm. a minute. They're about a minute and a half a piece. So they're not terribly long. Okay. Um, so well, maybe one of them has the Blair Witch in it. <laughs> maybe. And we could always post them and then you guys can let us know which one is your favorite ending. Yeah, let's engage here. Let's like get yeah. stuff going, huh? Um, so, you know, you come to the end, you're in this weird house, right? Mm-hmm. In yeah. this weird house. After Heather is doing her gross snot bubble confession that oh, has been right. overplayed in horror and, movies a thousand times on yeah. a Ferris. I, I see you. Say, yeah, we do have to we do have to pause and talk about that for a minute because one, yes, there's the on a Ferris moment in scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um but like that moment is like so iconic. Like obviously it kind of became the cover art for the movie. It sure did. Yeah. Um but like it's also like it it it's so out of nowhere. That it's almost like, oh my god, like, is this girl going to die right now? You know? Um, you were led to believe that something really bad was going to happen. Or she was just losing her fucking mind because she's hearing creepy things in the woods. You know right. what I mean? But, like, either way, these... Well, I, I honestly, I don't want to say these actors. I want to say her specifically, Heather. And this documentary that I watched... Uh, the person that was interviewing the creative team was like asking, like, where are they now? And um, so Josh is in the business. Yes, he is in the business. I believe he is married and the baby daddy to a semi-famous actress. Oh, I think it might be one of the exes from Scott Pilgrim. Oh, um, okay. The, the blonde one, but like the blonde one that's a lesbian. I don't know. Don't take me at my word. No, uh, that's not who that is. Um, she, the blonde one that is a lesbian, is um, uh, May Whitman, who is one of my favorites of all right. time. Okay, yeah. Um, he is married to Allison Pill. Uh huh. Who you're right. She was in. 
um, Scott Pilgrim. Oh. But I think she just plays the main, the main oh, girl oh, that he's oh. like after. Okay. All right. Yeah, Kim. Got you. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's what Josh is doing. She's um, in, she's also in um, a gay iconic movie, Milk. Oh. Good. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Milk actually. What? Uh, um all right it's, it's a wonderful film honestly all right well i mean i have no time to watch movies outside of horror ones so you know it's very rare that i do but when i do i'm like oh what did we we watched something the other night that was like a comedy and i didn't hate it and i was like oh is this what life outside of horror looks like um so speaking of gay movies have you ever seen Ong fu um, Nicholas, I just made my wife watch this for the first time this oh, year. It is okay. one of my favorite movies of all Me time. Too. Guess, guess who else? Uh, it's one of their favorite movies. I don't um, know. It, Jake from Slashers. <gasps> Jacob, big yeah. fan. Yeah. So hi to you, hi, Jake. Um, I think you're probably listening, but whatever. If not, um, that's okay. I don't care. Sorry if I uh, gave everyone one of your deep dark secrets, but we were talking about it once, and I was like, um, I. Love why, that movie. Why is it that little bo- Latin boy in a dress crying? Uh, not on your young queer life. That I say that all the time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, Wesley Snipes in a dress. Yeah, and oh my god, that's just such a good movie. Um, um uh, Patrick Swayze in a dress looks like Mrs. Kasha Davis. I said it. Honestly, though, like everyone <laughs> in that movie, the three, the three main leads, like I, ugh, it's so good. Like they, uh, so Stocker Channing. <laughs> And Stalker Channing, of course. But like, always come back to Stalker Channing. They so respectfully embraced the gay community in that movie. And it's just wonderful. And it's Um, done well. It's not gross. And it's so 90s. It's amazing. Oh, anyway. Do you you think that's the competition that Alyssa Edwards lost to Coco Montrese? Like that same pageant? No, it definitely wasn't because that was that was technically a local New York pageant that mm-hmm. that they both won. Um, and then, and then, uh, what's her name? I want to say Serena Cha Cha, but it's not Serena Cha Cha. Um, the one that uh, little gay, little, little Hispanic gay boy in a dress. Yeah, John Leguizamo. Lon, that's John Leguizamo. He wins, like. Miss Gay, whatever. Yeah. And that's that's probably the one that Chi Chi Rodriguez. Chi Chi. I knew it was something I knew it was like something like Chi Chi or Cha Cha or Yep. Chi Chi Rodriguez, Vita Boem, and Noxima <sighs> Jackson. Noxima. Um yeah, those were yeah, but so like probably the one that Alyssa Edwards lost to Coco Montrese was the one that Chi Chi won. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, but um, RuPaul's drag name in that movie is Rachel Ten- Rachel Tensions. Yes, I know. So I know. funny, so funny. I we're love that all... movie so much. We, I forget, we were watching something last night. Oh, um, we were watching we were watching RuPaul's Drag Race because we Arthur's never home on Thursday to watch it, so we yeah we watch it another night. But whatever Bobby Moynihan, because he was one of the guest judges. I'm just yes. explaining, I'm explaining this for the rest of the populace that haven't hasn't watched it. Mm. Um, uh, he said that he has two 
options for a drag name. Mm-hmm. And I forget what they are now, but they were so perfect and so punny. I and, really like him, so I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, I mean, I'm not <laughs> the biggest fan of him, but like he's less of a schizoid now. And yeah, I, I think wish it's him, the beard. Yeah, I mean, I wish him honestly a beard makes everything better for me. Let's be honest. But um, I mean, that's your game. That is my game. Um, a brawny bearded fellow. Um, Bobby Moynihan. <laughs> <laughs> not so much Bobby Moynihan, but okay, whatever. But um. <laughs> Like, regardless, I wish him nothing but luck in his career after SNL. So I hope he does great things. Um, he was just, what was he on? He was on uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. He was just on The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, uh, was it the last season that I didn't watch? Yes, he was, he was um, the character. Um, okay. Uh, I very much encourage you to catch up because it made me cry at the end. Uh, mm, I mean, I'm not about that. I don't need that. <laughs> spoiler alert. Most things at the end make me cry unless it's a horror movie. So I mean, sometimes it makes you cry like the Blair Witch Project and you're scared <laughs> of a basement for the rest of your life. Right. And, and that's how we're going to cap this bad boy out. That's how we're going to. Um, oh, but right. So, 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 oh my gosh. So, yeah. So we know what Josh is doing. Mike sometimes is an actor. And guess what? Guess what he does? Otherwise, he's a school wanna. fucking counselor. He's a school counselor. Oh, that's weird. Um, and then the people that were that were talking from the creative team basically described Heather as a one of those people that's in your lives that like they check in and out in like different intervals, right? And, like, she was acting for a little bit, and then she decided to stop, and she started growing pot. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, as you do. Um, and then, like, she disappeared again. Like, she's on and off of Facebook and stuff. So who knows what Heather's doing at this moment in time, but um, maybe she's a pot farmer in Colorado or something. I mean, if she would like to get on the internet and tell us how she's doing, we'd happily accept. That would be great. Um, We'd happily accept her to check in with us and let her I know, mean, let us know how she's doing. I mean, I, I I don't expect this to be fulfilled, but I would like also ask her to do her highly emotional up the nose shot um, monologue for me because I would really enjoy that. But I don't think she would. So um, I don't think she will because she's medicating with medical marijuana now. So good for her. Um, She actually wrote a book called Grow Girl. How My Life After the Blair Witch Project Went to Pot. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, good for her. Hmm. I mean, if we were to instate a copulator's diverse book club. I'd that, read it. That might have to be one of the first uh, official picks. Um, right. Huh. That's. I'm going to have to take a moment to digest that, that she not only is she a pot farmer now, she wrote a book about being a pot farmer. Right, right. Um, I tried to see if there were um, like any recent interviews with her. And the last one that I saw, I think here is, scroll with me. Um, I see 2013 is the last interview she gave. And All I'm right. pretty sure it's it's about her book. Oh, oh, so the book is not newish. It's oldish. Okay. It's oldish. Hold on. YouTube. I don't want really want to see it. I just want to know when this came out. Um Heather takes a break from the Days of the Dead con- convention. So she was 
Days of the Dead con- uh, convention, I think, actually takes place in Pittsburgh every year. Hmm. Um, because that's where the original... Uh, Day of the Dead, yeah. Yeah, that's where it was filmed. Dawn of the Dead, or, yeah. Yeah, yes, one, one of them. Dawn of the Dead is the first one. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, so she that was the last interview that she did. And she might be on the convention circuit here and there, probably to make an extra couple bucks. I get that. Girl, girl, I Ugh, I, I get that. I get that struggle very much so. Yeah. So, um Heather Donahue's smoking and growing weed. Yeah, right. So that's that is that is the culmination of the story, right? So Yeah. That is that. Heather's um, pot journey. Heather's pot journey. So, uh, what would you what would you rank, rank this guy? 1 to 5. I I think I would give this 4 pumpkins out of 5. That's fair. Um, yeah, I'm about to say about four. Yeah. Because I would give it a five if they had on the DVD release put the alternate endings. Um, yeah. I mean, I didn't realize there were alternate endings. Um, as we've already discussed in great detail, the the uh, the, the official ending is kind of aggravating to me. Um, but the one thing that whatever version of the DVD I have, which I'm sure there's probably like a whole bunch of versions and I'm not a collector, so I don't know, like, it's not like, you know, the collector's edition or whatever, but right. um, there's that like, in response to the movie's success, they did make a like mockumentary um, where they hired more actors to play fake people as people who are supposed to be real in a documentary and um it's supposed to be like after the found footage was found so after the footage was found then it became found footage um and like they do interviews with like heather and josh's film professor excuse me film professor and things like that um and I started to watch it and then I didn't finish it because Arthur refused to watch this movie or anything having to do with it with me because he is not a fan of this movie. Um, and I'm not sure why we didn't really get into that. Um, but like, there's very few movies that Arthur is like not willing at all to watch with me. Um, but we've already hit upon two of those, which this one, and then what will be coming next week, me being the virus from <laughs> also 1999, um, starring starring the Billy Baldwin and the Jamie Lee Curtis and the Donald, not Donald Sutherland. Yep, yep. that's right. Oh, that is him. All right, yep, yeah. Yep. Right. So, so that get 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 ready for a hoot and a holler because we we get into that one. From what I recall. Yeah, uh, it's been a minute. But um, the next episode that we record, we will be recording live together. That is a true statement. Yeah. Um, But we're not going to tell you what that film is. You're no. just going to have to wait and see. It's going to be a whole thing. So you have to wait. Yeah. Um, Do we have any other notes? Um. No, I mean, this movie is what it is, and um, it's very 1999, because I feel like this was, like, you know when something is so on the precipice of a new decade of life? Like, this is one of those things. Like, it's, like, very 90s, right before the 2000s, and then, like, style changed, the Spice Girls weren't in fashion anymore, and my life was ruined, um... 
grunge was kind of on its way out, but it was still strong in a lot of ways. Like, you know, this movie is very much of that time. So, you know. Um, that, and I feel like because 99 was such a weird era for film, that this yeah. is just kind of like horror coming out of its like newborn like chrysalis stage and coming into the aughts of stuff getting weird. Mm, yeah. And I'm going to err on the side of saying kind of not good. Um, because for me and also for you, a lot of the spooks and scares come from like the 80s slasher films that like we've, you know, we've le- learned to love so much. Well, right. And like, yeah, they're formulaic. Like, obviously, the title of this podcast came from that formula. And we've talked about this many a time. But like, those movies are also all good. Um, the 2000s is when studios started to think about how they could use newer technology to really fade out like older technology, probably not only in a way to like, be like, Oh, look what we can do, but also to ultimately save money. Cause to hire uh, you know, prop designer and special effects designer. And I'm sure that was more money than us- using CGI in some ways. Um, but yeah, like the 2000s, like ugh, bad CGI. Um, I'm going to bring up one of, this is what, um, okay. So previously we had discussed Sarah just recently getting into the horror genre. Mm-hmm. She literally had texted me and said, why did anyone make Jason X a movie? That is two th- the 2000-ish aughts in yes, a nutshell. That is, that why is did, true. Why did anybody make Jason X? Um, w- I, I, I 100% <laughs> agree, but I will say this. My favorite Jason kill ever is in that movie. Oh, well, now I'm gonna have to. No, I'm not gonna rewatch it. I don't care that much. You don't, you don't have, have to, to tell me about it. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you don't have to rewatch it. It's 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 the liquid nitrogen one. Oh, that one is good. Yeah, it's very um, futury. And it just it speaks to me because uh, fun fact about me: when I was a child, um, I had warts on both sides of my nail beds on every one, all ten of my fingers. Right, so that's a uh-huh. lot. Of, but Warts are ultimately just overgrowth of the cells, and I'd rather have warts than cancer, so that's good. But the way that they were treated was with liquid nitrogen. And there's a very specific sound, like a hissing sound to liquid nitrogen. And it also feels like a freezing burning on your flesh when they, you know, are drying out and burning off the warts. So I just have a very visceral thing with liquid nitrogen. And I was like, oh my God, this is horrifying and wonderful all at once. So I I have a special appreciation in my heart for that kill because of that experience in my life. Um, And (laughs) I will will say I've been wart-free since then. So way to go. Way of course, to go. in case you were wondering. Thank you. Um, Thank you for the medically accurate update. <laughs> yes. And also, another fun fact about that, the dermatologist that treated me for that is at the end of your block. Huh. Weird. Yeah, Peculiar. It's in that, it's in that building at the, at the top of the street, that medical. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Go figure. Oh, life. It's come full circle and it is weird. So, um. So that's that. 
What is that? Oh, man. Yeah, we're having some technical difficulties and language difficulties <laughs> this episode because, hi, it's windy as fucking Cleveland because the um, weather is changing very rapidly. It yeah. was about almost 50 today. Mm. So Mother Nature is going haywire. She's like, the fuck is going on? Get this yeah, shit she's, she's going through the menses right now. I don't know what's going on. Ugh, gross. Ugh, yuck. Um, okay, so collective eight out of ten. Yeah. Eighty percent. That's pretty spot on with the uh IMDB Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Um, I like how we kind of sync up with our Rotten Tomatoes score. We do often, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so that is that is that. Um uh, next week we'll have our second collab episode with jake from the slashers podcast um follow us on the social meds at copulators die first on instagram if you have thoughts concerns or comments um like my dog just growling in the background oh i thought um, that was a car is your house oh, haunted that was my dog he's waking up from his nap oh um uh, then please email us at copulators die first podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, Luca does not have an email for fan letters. He doesn't, but if anyone does want me to start posting pictures of the Luca baby um, on the Instagram, by all means, let me know. I have plenty of them. Can yeah. we post pictures of. Um, Mr. Handsome, Luca Chelsea, with our film of the week? Huh, we could, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, Luca, I know you're napping, but pose with this DVD. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The issue is, I went through this phase. (laughs) I went through this, like, Marie Kondo phase when we moved. Oh, yeah. Where I threw out all of the plastic DVD cases of movies (gasps) that I... Well, just the movies that I don't super care about. Oh, okay. Like... Like, special DVD sets, special movies, but, like, all of, like, the $1, like, Target DVDs that I had and all that mm. stuff. Like, I just, I checked yeah. out all of those crapo cases, and that included the case for the Blair Witch Project. So, I don't have that anymore, but I could figure something out. I mean, you do have virus. Mm. I do. Yeah. So, is- that, <laughs> so maybe we could start doing that with Baby Luca to change some things up. Yeah, we're just we're constantly evolving. We're constantly keeping you on your toes. Um, you know, that's how th- that that's how personal growth happens. And we're also less of a well-oiled machine and just people who really love our pets. So, we yeah. would like to exploit them on the internet. I mean, if if this episode alone has not illustrated the fact that we are just a bunch of hot mess expresses, like I don't know what I don't care. It's yeah. fine. I'm not also, mad about it. We wanted this episode to be like less than an hour, and I don't know if that's going to happen now. But you know, through the magic of editing, maybe it will happen. We'll see. Yeah, um, we could we could figure something out. That's what that's what I'm here for. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. I mean, shall we shall we sign off? I think we shall. All, All right, my little pumpkins, keep on creeping on, and we'll see you next week. Mm, goodbye. Bye.